What's up, guys? It's the Blue Bloods, and we are coming at you guys with another episode. We continue our ACC in 28 days theme, and we move on to the Clemson Tigers. We are joined by a very special guest, Reggie Merriweather, who is a former Clemson Tigers running back and now the sideline reporter for the Clemson Radio Network. And we just want to say we appreciate your time today, Reggie. Man, appreciate you guys for having me on, and uh, what an exciting time it is, ACC, SEC, all that type stuff, man, with signing days and, you know, uh, these young people, uh, you know, getting ready to, to to move into college dorms and do all that, and, you know, uh, and with COVID, too, everything has kind of been uh, put on its head again uh, from a fan standpoint and from a student standpoint as well, and as you know, uh, the NCAA has granted a guys fifth years uh whether it either be high school or college so it's going to definitely be a very interesting season uh coming up yeah i'm, I'm definitely definitely excited you know before we get into signing day because i got a lot of questions there especially regarding an incoming freshman that i'm real excited for but you know we got to start with this past season everyone's wondering i mean this clemson team it's almost like clockwork another college football playoff appearance they fell just short against ohio state in the semifinals but in terms of what you expected in the preseason, did this season exceed, fall short of, or just meet your preseason expectations? Uh, well, to be honest, uh, I, I think that based off of the last two seasons, uh, you know, obviously Trevor Lawrence winning the national title his freshman year, uh, going back his sophomore year and getting getting beat uh, in Alabama. And in the third year, you really didn't know what to expect with the type of offensive line you had coming back, type of skill guys you had coming back. And a lot of guys leave, a lot of defensive players leave. So I'd probably say it met expectations uh, just looking at uh, the, the the type of uh, team that we had. And, you know, this coaching staff has been together for, you know, a little over eight years now. So uh, that was cool to, to see those guys, uh, you know, back together again and, you know, coaching in, a, in another college football playoff. But it's uh, definitely weird, uh, you know, uh, trying to uh, um, put the teams together, if that makes any sense. So you've got Trevor Lawrence, who is uh, once in a generational talent, kind of like, uh, you know, uh, Deshaun Watson, but trying to put the teams together from the different years that he had, the tight wide receivers he had. I think this year just met expectation because of all the injuries and just how weird of a year it was. Uh, from not only a fan standpoint, but, you know, from broadcast standpoint too. And, you know, from a team standpoint with uh, everything that they had going on. So, uh, you know, they fell short, played a great team in Ohio state, wasn't able to capitalize on a, on a few plays. And, uh, you know, I think they probably got out coached on defense a little bit. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously, uh, I'm trying to remember the kid's name now, the quarterback, uh, he's going to be probably one of the top five taken, uh, in this upcoming draft. Uh, and, uh, man, he's just an unbelievable talent. You know, he battled back mm -hmm. with, uh, you know, hurt ribs and all and was able to finish the game. And, I mean, just shows you, like, the heart of a lion, man. He's this guy's, uh, you know, uh, competitor. But, uh, yeah, I would say it just it met expectations. And, uh, you know, again, there's so much hype built up in the Clemson football program because you've got DJ Uyunglele there, and you've got some promising freshmen that just uh, are early enrollees, and and hopefully Clemson will be healthy next year. I mean, uh, you think about all the wide receivers that we had this year, you know, Latson, Nagata, 
bunch of those other guys uh, that were were injured or or missed five or six games and didn't really have time to develop. And then, uh, my gosh, we'll have uh, Justin Ross back as well, too. So I think, uh, you know, they've got a lot of talent coming back on offense, um, a lot of guys leaving. Uh, but, uh, you know, the future is bright for sure for the Clemson offense and defense with all the, the guys coming back for their uh, fifth and some of them six, <laughs> six year. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Scousey, I feel like he's been at Clemson since like the early 2000s. It feels like that guy is never, it's never going to leave the, <laughs> never going to leave Death Valley. But you mentioned this player once in a generation talent with Clemson football. In Trevor Lawrence, um, he just finished out his Clemson career, man, 34-2, and two, three college football playoff appearances, two natty appearances, and a national championship, like you said. Can you speak on just what you saw as someone who's been around the program? What makes him such a special player, and what did he mean to Clemson being here for three years and everything he did for the program? Well, you got to you got to think about his recruiting class too, man. He had a lot of special guys in his recruiting class, and uh, Justin Fields. That's it. I couldn't remember his name, but Justin <laughs> Fields was a, a a guy too. And uh, you know, he comes from the same uh, town, I guess, or same area as uh, Deshaun Watson. And you know, a lot of teams were after this guy. You know, uh, as he was a sophomore, and he was getting uh, uh, a bunch of uh, college uh, uh, looks, but. You know, when I think of Trevor Lawrence, I mean, obviously the guy's six six. Uh, he's got uh, great arm talent. He's smart, and the best thing about him, I, I think too, is he's just humble. I think a lot of people think he drinks the Kool Aid, but I mean, again, what a way to make yourself marketable, right? I mean, you follow the team rules. You're the face of the Clemson uh, program. Your own, uh, you know, kids' T-shirts and. You know, people have uh, hair helmets and stuff made out of your golden locks. And, you know, basically they uh, uh, want you to be the guy. So, you know, what great way to advertise for the NFL, um, uh, you know, campaign and say, hey, man, I can be the face of your franchise. You know, come and get me. I've got a uh, decent background to get the kid just got engaged. He'll be married soon. And, you know, man, that's the type of guy you want around your program and uh, to be the face of your program, too. It's going to bring you a lot of money. But, uh, I mean, he's a humble guy, man. He's got uh, a lot of uh, uptick to him. I mean, um, if you if you look at the wide receivers he's been throwing to these last few years, too, man, obviously the, a couple of them are, are still in the NFL doing big-time things. But, I mean, he can throw all the routes. He can, uh, you know, run the football. I mean, he's just a great quarterback. He's an all-around great dude and a, and, a, and a good player. And I think, too, man, that's what you kind of compare – when you start talking about some of the greats of the goats, you know, of the game, like Patrick Mahomes, um, you know, uh, even Deshaun Watson. I mean, you go and you look at what uh, uh, even the uh, the Manning guys, the Manning brothers were able to do in the league. And they had, uh, you know, similar colleges, careers, uh, you know, national championships, that type of stuff. So uh, it goes a long way, man, when you start looking at, uh, like you said, just all the stuff that he was able to accomplish in college and uh, he's been able to maintain his character and uh, do some great things along the way. And that makes him one of those big time, once in a generational type players. And, uh, and I could, like I said, compare him to Deshaun Watson because Deshaun was one of those guys too. You know, he got, <coughs> excuse me, he got uh, injured. Um, I want to say his, 
<clears throat> was it his sophomore year? He got injured against Georgia Tech. I think he ended up uh, tearing yeah. his ACL or something like that. And then he was able to kind of battle back uh, before he had surgery and actually played the end of that season. Uh, I believe it was. And, uh, you know, he had a, a bunch of controversy surrounding the, the whole incident and all that good stuff and where the coaches let him play and all that. But, man, you know, it showed his character and his toughness to be able to come back from an injury like that and, uh, you know, lead his team to victory. But, you know, he's uh, the face of a franchise now in the, in the Texans. And, and I compare him, um, you know, to, uh, um, you know, Trevor Lawrence just because of that fact, man. Those guys have uh, have done some really great things and uh, will continue to do those uh, great things at the next level in the NFL. Right. I mean, I think you nailed it on the head. I mean, he's a once-in-a-generational guy. I mean, people think that, you know, he's, he's, he's the number one quarterback in this upcoming draft for a reason. Um, but other than Trevor Lawrence, you know, Clemson also had Travis Etienne return for his senior year. And, you know, this year wasn't uh, – I, I wouldn't say outstanding for Trevor, or Travis Etienne. Uh, I mean, this was his year with the fewest rush, uh, rushing yards, even touchdowns since his freshman season. And he never really seemed to find his rhythm. Uh, would you say that ETN is still the number one running back in this upcoming draft? And if so, what puts him above players like Najee Harris and Javante Williams? Well, that's a good question. I was going to say he's top three. He's top three because yeah. of those two guys. Uh, but he is one of the, the the better bats because he has so much upside. And then at the same time, too, you know, he wasn't taking a pounding like he was his sophomore season. And, uh, you know, limited carries. I think he the most carries he had this season was what 18 or 20 something yeah. crazy like that a game and uh, you know he's he's obviously obviously he came back for a reason work on his pass blocking work on his uh, catching uh, ability out of the backfield and I think he answered all of those questions too man he had some uh, games where he had over you know 130 140 yards receiving and uh, that's just unheard of for a uh, running back but uh, you know when you say Najee Harris man he's one of those guys too tough runner um, can can pass block and uh, obviously he can run the football, but uh, Travis man to fill his shoes is going to be a a, a a big time deal at Clemson. You know he's the ACC leading everything. I even beat out CJ Spiller uh, for yardage and and all that. And I think he's the NCAA record holder for a lot of stuff too. So you know that's uh, that that's that's some pretty big shoes to fill. But you know uh, him at the next level, I think he's got a lot of uptake to him just because he hadn't, you know, he hadn't taken a pound in this year. Uh, he didn't have, uh, you know, a thousand yards rushing. So you know, how many carries did he have? You know, he, he's not beat up, and uh, I think he's very healthy. And you know, he could go to a, a team and make an immediate impact. And uh, you know, obviously his uh, uh, what he's been able to do at Clemson will be missed. But that's why you go out and recruit, and they've got a couple guys that uh, hopefully can fill that void. And we've got a couple guys uh, uh, in the running back room now um, that, uh, like I said, hopefully can uh, can fill that void and uh, you know uh, put up some big time numbers. Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, I'm recording this. I'm recording this episode from Baton Rouge, so I definitely wish we could we could have kept Travis Etienne in state. I mean, what he's done <laughs> over the past four years was insane. Um, yeah. But more on the coaching side of things, uh, we've seen Brett, uh, Brent Venables be a candidate for every single or nearly every single Power 5 job for the last few years. What makes him the best defense coordinator in the country? And, and what would you uh, – and what do you think um, – uh, what do you think he'll have to be offered uh, and able, you know, to be able to leave Clemson at all? Well, what makes him the best, I think – I mean, he's one of the best, uh, but uh, – 
I think what, what puts him over the top is, man, he's one of those guys that has a really high motor. And if you're going to coach a bunch of, uh, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-olds, you got to have a high motor and you got to be able to relate to those guys. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, it's kind of like the, the, the was it acronym, keep it simple, stupid. It's, it's one of those things where the energy from the, the coach goes into the, onto the field and you see him every game with the get back coach having to drag him five, six yards back off the field. Right. Because he's uh, yelling at guys and, and getting in their faces and he never stops coaching. I mean, you could, I'm trying to remember the game this year. Was it, uh, um, maybe it was Miami. We went up big mm-hmm. and uh, fourth quarter comes and he's still, you know, five, six yards on the field, yelling at guys and <clears throat> coaching them up. So I think that's one of the things that kind of puts him over the top. You never see him give up, man. His energy is uh, uh, related to the guys on the field. Now for him to leave, I, I think it'll take, uh, you know, uh, not an act of God, but, you know, he's got to be in the right time, right place situation where the coaching job is. So I could see him going back to, you know, uh, Oklahoma or somewhere in the Midwest and being a head coach somewhere. But uh, obviously it's on his timing for sure, because, you know, he's got uh, he's making over three million a season, three mil a season now. Um, he is the highest paid uh, coordinator, defensive coordinator in the country. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, just like Dabble, man, he's got it made. I mean, why leave? <laughs> you've been to, right. uh, what, six six of the uh, – you've been to pretty much all the college football playoff uh, uh, games, right? And you've won uh, two national championships in, in your five-year span. So, I mean, it, it's nothing short of amazing to see what this coaching staff has been able to do. But that's what's so surprising. They've been able to, uh, you know, uh, keep themselves together this long. So, uh, I think it'll take uh, money. I think it'll take the right team, the right uh, athletic director, the right, uh, you know, president. Um, and I think it would take, uh, you know, his kids, uh, you know, uh, graduating for him to leave. So that's going to be a couple of years. But, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for him uh, just because of the simple fact that um, he's going to be a great head coach. And, you know, that's the, the whole point you see uh, um, the way Nick Saban has been able to do it. I mean, he's created uh, – you know, how many coaching staffs out of his tenure there at Alabama. And, uh, you know, every time you, you hear the news, it's like another uh, coordinator or another uh, assistant coach goes on to be a, uh, a coordinator or a head coach somewhere. So it says a lot about the, the program that you run to have uh, such high-valued uh, uh, people uh, uh, there. So uh, Dabo knows what he's doing. Uh, Tony Elliott is another one of those guys, too, that are, uh, I wouldn't say undervalued. They just gave him a pay raise, but – you know, offense looks a lot different, you know, when you have somebody else calling the plays. And I think we saw that during the uh, Ohio State game, uh, not to take anything away from uh, <clears throat> uh, the quarterback coach that was calling the plays. But it just goes to show you, man, it, it, you know, in the heat of the moment, a guy that's been there and done that several times in, in college football playoff games and uh, national championship, you know, it just uh, it just hits different, if that makes makes any sense. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and obviously, too, man, um, being, a, being a play caller and uh, being in some of those tough situations, um, you know, you have your bread and butter that you go to and, and maybe things would have been called different. But uh, obviously, uh, we saw the difference in the play calling in that uh, Ohio State game and, you know, hey, offense couldn't get it done, and you know uh, we we missed Tony Elliott uh, a little bit there. But um, like I said, Venables is a, a really great guy, man, high motor guy, and uh, man, he's gonna he's gonna be a, a great head coach uh, someday wherever he goes. But he's going somewhere out west. I don't see him, 
you know, being in the SEC, probably go back to the uh, big, big, big 12 or maybe even the big 10. I don't know. Right. I mean, as an Auburn alum and Auburn fan, I was really hoping we'd land him this all season, as you said, as you know, but he denied us very strongly. So did Tony Elliott. So it was kind of disappointing <laughs> as an Auburn fan to hear that. But, you know, I want to stay on the topic of coaching for one more question, because I think it's become a consensus in America. Dabo Sweeney, Nick Saban are one and two in terms of the best head coaches in college football. Argue what you will about where they belong, but those are the top two. But with that, man, it seems like Dabo gets a lot more criticism than he deserves. In my opinion, some people would say otherwise. You see national pundits on ESPN rip them for this or that, and you have a bunch of blog posts and stuff. I mean, you were you played at Clemson when Dabo was an assistant coach, you know, and so what do you think – has made Dabo so successful, and why do you think that the national media has been so critical of him, almost to an extreme at times? Well, I think the proof is in the pudding. I mean, you start looking at the recipe that Clemson has been able to uh, concoct every every year, and it's something like Alabama. And say, well, why is Alabama so successful? Well, you know, <laughs> if you, when you're able to go out and recruit, you know, some uh, highly talented. Uh, you know, four or five star guys and you're able to get a, even a three star guy that's on the bubble on the cusp and bring him in and coach him up. I mean, that's basically it. I mean, you can take talent and mold it. And uh, the atmosphere uh, at Clemson is, uh, you know, is, is good. It's not too much to do there, but, you know, it's enough atmosphere there, enough to do around town to get to, to get recruits in. And, uh, you know, when you're able to sit in somebody's living room and, you know, uh, pre- project the numbers to them say, Hey, you know, we've been to six college football playoffs. We've uh, graduated uh, over 470 something guys. We keep a median GPA of a, a, a three Oh, I think that says a lot about, you know, um, you know, what he's been able to do and his support staff and, and all the people there. And obviously the players too, you start looking at the first round draft picks, you start looking at the, the players that are still in the NFL uh, that have been produced in the last decade. I mean, what more do you need from a, from a head coach to, you know, to say to you to get him to, to to come to that school? But you know, again, just like Nick Saban, he's able to plug and play. It's no matter what it is, was a quarterback or wide receiver or defensive back, he's able to go out and recruiting. You know, once you get to a certain point, like uh, Clemson and uh, Alabama, it's like uh, we're no longer chasing. Uh, you know, the, the, the transfer portal. We're no longer chasing um, uh, kids that are on the bubble. We're going out and uh, getting the pick of the litter. And uh, that just says a lot, you know, about, like you said, the coaching staff and, you know, everything they've been able to do and the support staff of the school and the town and everything else. So, but, uh, you know, I, I, I was uh, there with uh, Dabo when he uh, uh, came in, he actually re- replaced the guy that recruited me and Rick Stockstill. But uh, I think a lot of people uh, think that his demeanor, um, you know, choir boy type deal is just an act. But uh, I tell people to this day, I said, man, Dabo Sweeney, it was the same guy back in 2004 when I met him as he is now in 2021. I mean, he is going to uh, know your name. He's going to ask you how your family's doing. He's going to. Uh, stop and take a picture with you or whatever it may be. And, uh, you know, he's a very genuine guy. Now, some of the stuff that he says on, uh, 
you know, on the TV may come off as uh, disingenuine and, and I get it. But if you don't know the person, then of course it, it may sound a little cheesy, but I think uh, the national media gives him a lot of uh, hell because, uh, you know, they want, uh, they want a storyline and then they want to be appeased by some type of, uh, um, I, I guess, uh, uh, link or, or line or catchphrase, you know, cause that's what Dabo does. Right. He'll say, uh, BYOG, right. Bring your own guts or something <laughs> yep. like that. But, you know, and, and it's kind of one of those things where they, they want to get some, uh, something out of him. But, uh, you know, again, it's kind of, it, it, it's, he's at a point in his career now where he doesn't have to worry about what other people say or, or do or whatever. It's, it's, a, it's a done deal. He's, he's at the, the $10 million season mark. He's, uh, got uh, the graduation rate up where it needs to be. He's got uh, guys that are uh, very highly talented and, and uh, going out and he's going to winning games, uh, 10, 11, 12 games a season. So, you know, it's not like he needs to bend over backwards to uh, the, the, the national media and do anything, you know what I mean? Just be himself and yeah. just roll on. But I think they try to poke the bear sometimes and, you know, do a lot of stuff, but uh for me, uh, obviously, um, uh, you know, even this this summer, uh, this past year with the uh, Black Lives Matter, um, I, I think he probably could have did more there. But at the same time, yeah. too, you know, if you put yourself out there, man, people are going to continue to want more. So um, I, I think he I think he handled that the best that he could. Uh, a lot of people, man, uh, you know, jump on this kind of crazy bandwagon and try to find some kind of witch hunt. But it's not like that. And, and a lot of, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, want to make a story out of nothing. Um, right. but, uh, you know, I, I think Dabble again is, is the same guy that I met, um, you know, with, with, a, with a wife and three boys, uh, that was just trying to, uh, you know, uh, make something of his life and help some people along the way. So, uh, he's proven that time and time again, you look at his coaching staff, he always promotes from within. He's never, you know, going out and uh, taking anybody that, uh, you know, uh, is on a whim that wants to coach or he wants guys that are dedicated to their craft and they're going to be there. And, uh, you know, that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, that's that's all absolutely true. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and turn this over a little bit more to recruiting. And with National Signing Day being just about a week ago, uh, I want to take it back to the National Signing Day when Clemson signed a top three class in the country. Uh, Miles Murphy and Brian Brisey wasted no time in contributing this season to the defensive line. Uh, what makes these two guys so special, and where do you see uh, where do you foresee the uh, their Clemson career going? You know, they're already being compared to greats like Christian Wilkins and Dexter Lawrence. Where do you think they can realistically go? Well, I tell you what, um, if you look at uh, Brisey, man, he's uh, he's a man child. Uh, you know, a guy, a guy, a guy of that size, uh, with arm span and, uh, I mean, he's a natural talent. So, you know, you look at a guy like that, the only thing he needs to fix is just, you know, hand placement, learn the playbook and just get the, the, the proper, uh, technique down. But, you know, he made, uh, was he, uh, all, all team ACC, this, uh, first team ACC, uh, he was on some, some national boards too, as, uh, being talked about as, uh, you know, player of the year type stuff. So, I mean, the, the kid is a natural talent. So when you're able to go out and get a five-star guy, who's the number one, everything, uh, that's, that's pretty easy to, uh, get a guy, uh, like that and, and try to, uh, um, you know, kind of mold that talent. You know what I mean? It's, it's already right. halfway there. It's like the cake is already done. 
I just need to, <laughs> you know, uh, put the icing on it and, and, and it's ready to go. So, uh, and, you know, if you look at the, just the talent too, that, um, you know, is surrounding him, uh, you've got a lot of guys on that defensive line, man, that you probably haven't even heard of, heard of yet. Um, and we had a lot of guys transferred too, but uh, the incoming freshman guys are going to be really good. But, you know, it's, 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 only, it's only one football to go around. You know, you can only take one snap at a time, and there's a lot of guys uh, uh, who won't play in time. So I could, I could see them leaving, going on doing different things. So I don't blame them there. But for, for uh, you know, Brisset, man, he's uh, sky's the limit for him. And he's only, he's only going to continue to get better and bigger, and which is a scary thing. So um, they're going to be <laughs> yeah. really good. Yeah, they're going to be really good. But yeah, the, like you said, the the that that freshman class last year, man, I I think the injuries were played a big part. But for the for the most part, man, those young defensive linemen came to play every game, man, and uh, they look spectacular. They look special. Yeah, I think we 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 like in our podcast we did ACC breakout players in Baris and you know uh, we had Barisi and we had Miles Murphy both qualify there for our podcast so they they just dominated but looking to this class i mean you were you're a former Clemson running back so i really am looking for your opinion on this one we saw speaking of the cake will will shipley is is there that's the number one all-purpose back in the country he's coming in after you know demarcus bowman's transfer travis etienne's going to the draft what in terms of like everything you know about the game makes shipley such an elite running back and do you think he's going to come in and start or and or contribute immediately well i think what makes him a, a great running back man is just he's shifty you know what i mean and he's got a uh I like to call it a, a third gear. You know what I mean? He's He's got breakaway speed. He's one of those guys that uh, kind of like C.J. Spiller. He could catch out the backfield and he could make a move on a linebacker or a cornerback and take it 60 or 70. You know, um, I, I, it's hard to say what guys will do, um, you know, coming in. Obviously, he's got to hit the weight room. He's got to get bigger, faster, stronger. So from that standpoint, man, I, I, I think that uh, he's got the frame to put on a couple pounds and um, get a little bit bigger so he can run between the tackles. But obviously in this offense uh, where we throw the ball, you know, 60 times a game, um, you know, <laughs> he's got to be able to catch out of the backfield and make somebody miss. And like you said, uh, go score a touchdown. Uh, um, you know, we've got a lot of young guys in that room too. Ches Malusi is one of those guys too. That I think is going to have a breakout year this year. Um, he's one of those guys too, that low center of gravity, just like Shipley, but he's got a little bit more weight, a little more, more butt to him. Um, and he can run between the tackles. So Shipley, if he wants to, to fit in, he's going to have to learn how to do the short yardage. He's going to have to learn how to pass block and uh, take on those 250-pound linebackers in the hole. And, uh, you know, he's got to learn the playbook. So, um, you know, he's, he's got a lot to do. And then, of course, you've got Tra- uh, 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 Lynn J. Dixon back there and a few mm-hmm. other guys. So the you thought the room was clearing out with all the seniors <laughs> leaving and all that, but – you know, Darren Richards coming back, and you got a few other guys that are that have opted to come back too. So um, the room is going to be very crowded, very crowded. But uh, I think Shipley will get his touches, and a way to get on the field is special teams. I mean, he could be kick returner and all that type of stuff to kind of prove himself. So that's going to be uh, excited to see him and and um, what he uh, uh, can do after this spring. Yeah, absolutely. That actually kind of sets me up perfectly here. So, uh, so looking ahead at twenty twenty one. Clemson is returning a lot of the defensive production. Um, they're still losing a lot of offensive talent. You know, they, they are returning, like you said, a lot of players, but they're they're losing. I mean, 
uh, some of their top players in the backfield. And so um, who are some potential breakout stars to look for in, in this Clemson team next season? Ooh, well, I'm wondering where they're getting all these scholarships from. I, honestly, I said, <laughs> man, you got, you got nine guys or ten guys coming back. It's like, where's the what, – what's going on here with the scholarships? But, uh, yeah, they, I mean – you know, you got Xavier, Xavier Thomas coming back, uh, the punter coming back. You got, uh, you know, um, uh, Darren Kendrick coming back, Skowski coming back. Uh, what's the, the um, I'm trying to think of the, the, the safety's name. He's coming back. Uh, you know, I think production wise, you, you're probably going to stay the same. I don't think they're going to get any better. Um, from a defensive standpoint, the defensive line will probably get better. They may come back and change the scheme from that 3-4. They may go back to a 4-3, a true 4-3, just because you've got the lockdown corner in Booth and Darren Kendrick. So that's an a, a, you know, avenue there that I'd like to see them go. And then you've got four guys literally that can, can you know, uh, take on a double team and, you know, uh, with Davis and all those guys. So maybe maybe that'll happen. Maybe it'll go back to a true uh, – uh, four three, but you know who knows. But uh, yeah, I think production probably stays the same. Um, probably not so many big time plays that they have this that give up this year. You think about some of the games that we played against Syracuse, where the first half we gave up four or five plays over thirty or forty yards. It's like, come on, guys, what are we doing? So, you know, right. more veteran guys back there. Yeah, having more veteran guys back there to be able to uh, you know run the defense. Um, I, I think you may see. Uh, 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 same production, just uh, less, uh, I guess, fluff from from other offenses. So, and then on the other side of the football too, got a bunch of guys coming back. And one one of my guys that I uh, uh, enjoyed meeting, talking to, was uh, Darren Rencher, man. And he's one of those guys too, man, that can play. He's got some wheels. He's a little undersized, but he's got some wheels on him, man. He can pass blocks. He's smart too. I like to see him get more touches. But uh, like I said, man, that running back room's getting a little crowded. It is. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, obviously, wide receiver, you're going to have everybody coming back. And then mm-hmm. we get Justin Ross back, too, which is a, a big-time deal. And, uh, you know, hate to see him out this year. We could have really could have used him. But, you know, you'll have Nagata, you'll have Williams, you'll have Ross. Um, trying to think who else. you got a, two incoming freshmen that are five-star guys. They're supposed to be really good, too. So, you know, a chance for them to, to learn the, uh, the scheme and offense and uh, get in there. Uh, it'll be be pretty cool. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I think we'll have a brand new office online. Um, but other than that, everybody else is, uh, you know, uh, pretty much gonna 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 run on. I'm trying to think who else we uh, we had leave. Uh, we had a bunch of guys in the transfer <laughs> portal. Yeah. Um, defensive yeah. linemen. Yeah. Defensive linemen. Maybe a couple special teams guys. I'm trying to think who else. Uh, 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 drawing a blank right now. But uh, again. You know, we've we've got guys you haven't even heard about yet that uh, recruited three or four years ago that are just waiting their time to uh, time to shine. So um, I'm definitely excited about it, and especially watching DJ uh, spin the ball. And who would who would have thought? I mean, five star guy. You know, uh, Trevor Lawrence getting COVID, having to sit out, and say, like, "All right, we're going to throw you, you in to play uh, <laughs> in one of the biggest games of your your career." And it's like, oh, okay, all right. Well, just throw for 410 yards and you know, rush <laughs> right. for a couple of touchdowns. Yeah, so it's exciting to see him uh, uh, play. But I just, you know, again, that's a, a cap off to uh, you know the coaching staff and what they've been able to do and recruit and 
you know, get guys in there and coach them up, man. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely excited about this year. And, uh, you know, uh, seeing the stadium fill back up and, and, and seeing some uh, new names and faces, uh, you know, on the scoreboard as uh, they continue to, you know, run this amazing offense and, and have so much uh, success and what they've been able to do uh, in these last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, Justin Ross was a – I mean, I, it was a heartbreaking thing for him to have to miss this year. I'm so glad he gets back on the field. I love Braden Galloway's potential, too, at that tight – like that tight end slash big wide receiver spot. And I really like Trenton Simpson at linebacker, too. He was originally committed to Auburn. I saw he got a lot of time toward the end of the season. That kid is a straight baller. That kid's got major speed. He played two yeah. ways in high school. I mean, he, yep. he rushed for like 2,000 yards his senior year. Yeah. Well, just... and, I, and and like you said, Galloway, man, Galloway's one of those guys too, man. He was, I mean, he was hit or miss at the uh, beginning of the season. And I guess he just kind of found his niche and he was starting to catch balls and, and do different things. Uh, for me, I just think offensively, we have to be more physical this, this upcoming season. That's from the offensive line, you know, all the way back to the wide receivers, you know, pass blocking downfield, that type stuff. Cause you know, I forget what game it was. Maybe it was, uh, I'm trying to think what game it was now. We needed a, a yard and a half or, or uh, six inches or something like that to, to end the game on offense. And, uh, you know, we punted it and, and gave it back to the defense to, to seal the game. But it's like, you know, you got to have that mentality on both sides of the football, right? right. It, it's going to take it's going to take us to win and, and only us. We're not going <laughs> to we're not going to fold uh, uh, on a on a you know, uh, fourth and one to, to seal the game and win a national championship and punt it. You know, we're not going to do that. We're going to, you know, be physical up front and we're going to have that uh, uh, all beat all mentality, you know, when it comes to uh, short yardage in, in the running game and we're not going to get pushed around uh, by any defenses. So that's some kind of one of the things that we haven't seen in a while. We haven't seen the enforcer on the, the defense or the offensive side of the ball. And uh, Skowski is the definitely the defensive enforcer, but you know we haven't seen anybody on offense uh, kind of take that role and uh, you know never back down mentality. Uh, and even Trevor Lawrence this year, I mean Trevor was that guy. You know he got you know knocked around a, a few times. Uh, I want to say Boston College game and Miami game, he got hit several mm-hmm. times and uh, was able to get back up and you know fix his chin strap and uh, score some touchdowns and stuff. But uh, yeah, we need we need a guy on uh, offense that. Uh, you know, don't take no no smack off of nobody, and uh, <laughs> right. you know, assert his dominance and, and let it be known that he's there. Right, and you know, you know, last question here, man. I know we're recording early February. This is ACC in twenty eight days for February, but we've broken down all these players. We've talked recruiting everything. <clears throat> Last thing I got to know, man, it's coming up into this season. Clemson's returning a lot of starters. Alabama's reloading. Everyone's high on them. Everyone loves Oklahoma, Iowa State, Notre Dame. All the big names are up there. Ohio State got Malik Willis at quarterback. That's going to be interesting. But for Clemson football, what is your ceiling and or floor for this team next season? Well, I think the ceiling would be national championship again. Uh, obviously, if you look at what they've been able to do these last few seasons and the, the pieces that they've been able to uh, kind of uh, put in, um, you know, it, it's going back to the same analogy where it was, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what the recipe. I mean, the, the recipe stays the same no matter, you know, what you what you uh, put in it, if that makes any sense. Uh, well, the product stays the same. Sorry, the product stays the same no matter what you put in it. So it's uh, exciting to see uh, some of these young guys get in and get some some time and some burn. And 
Um, um, you know, they don't have to wait till, you know, the last game to, to get in They're They're getting in, uh, you know, the, the, the second or third quarter, a lot of these big time games. And, you know, when it, their number gets called, uh, they're not, uh, you know, uh, I guess green as a freshman or true freshman, they have some playing time and they know what they're doing. Uh, so I think the ceiling for, for Clemson with all the returning guys and, and all the young guys that they have, uh, cause it's mostly sophomores and, and, uh, juniors now. Um, I think the ceiling is definitely national championship and then winning, you know, being 14 and one or, or 15 and zero. now the floor, uh, the low part would be, you know, them, uh, going to the AC championship, losing or them going back to the college football playoff and losing. Um, and it's, it's always that, uh, you know, that, that doubt there Miami with uh, the type of talent that they have at quarterback, you've uh, right. got sleeper teams in there. Like uh, uh, I don't know if Duke will be back, you know, after their rough season, but you got a couple of sleeper teams. Uh, you know, one of my sleeper teams is Syracuse, man. I mean, they're coming off a bad year and, you know, maybe they could come back and, and do something uh, next year. They always seem to give Clemson trouble. Um, but, uh, you know, you never know. Um, but, uh, you've got Virginia tech in there too. That's up and coming, um, even Virginia. So, uh, a lot of schools out there are still, uh, rebuilding, trying to find their quarterbacks and stuff. But I think the, the league play, uh, this coming year will be a lot better. And then obviously starting off with Georgia, uh, in the Chick-fil-A bowl, uh, mm-hmm. Chick-fil-A kickoff, uh, is going to be exciting too, to see, uh, if we're able to put two and two together. Uh, coming out of uh, summer camp, but uh, man, it's exciting to, uh, you know, uh, have football back. Obviously there's going to be some spring football coming up here pretty soon. So that's going to be pretty cool to watch some of the small schools, but you know, I, I think again, the ceiling for Clemson will be a national championship or bust. Um, obviously seeing DJ and what he's been able to do uh, in his uh, three or four games that he played this year, two games that he started, but uh, man, it's, it's definitely exciting. And uh, the one of the cool things about, you know, college football, we only get these guys for three or four years, but to see that growth and see what they've, uh, you know, a summer off will do uh, uh, to the program, man, is really cool. And that's how we continue to remain fans and, you know, uh, have so much hype around the season. So uh, I think Shipley, that's going to be my guy this season. Hope to see him uh, do some big time things. And then, uh, like I said, on the defensive side of the football, man, I want to see, Darian Kendrick, he's supposed to be this mm-hmm. top number one defensive uh, lockdown corner at, uh, you know, at 6'2". So I want to see him this year, man, not get abused like he did the last two seasons in the, the college football playoff. And uh, not to say we don't have great talent in the, in the ACC. We play some really good wide receivers, but it always seems like he doesn't show up on the big time stage. And that's, right. uh, that, that's yeah, that's that's something that needs to be fixed if, uh, you know, um, you know, he's going to, going to stay around. So. Right. I, I, I love it, man. I'm, I'm rooting for Clemson, man. We, we are big. We're like secret Clemson fans on this podcast. We've had Don, Don Munson on here like two or three times. So we, we root yeah. for, Clemson <laughs> for him. That's, that's our guy. And so we definitely appreciate you coming on here, man, talking Clemson football. We're going to give you a minute, man, any social media, pl- the Clemson radio network. We're going to let you plug everything right now, man. So it, our, our listeners know where to find y'all. I tell you what, 105.5 the roar uh, every every uh, game, and then I think we may we may they may even let us call the spring game this year if we have one. But uh, wow, that's yeah, awesome. uh, I, yeah, well, I hopefully hopefully we make it happen. It's been a lot of uh, social distancing and mask and 
all that type stuff. So maybe they'll let us in the booth for the uh, uh, spring game and uh, we'll get the chance to call it. But, man, I appreciate you guys for having me on, man. Uh, I enjoyed the talk. And anytime we get to talk Clemson football and uh, football in general, I'm excited about it. And uh, even though Tampa Bay and Tom won last night, like I said, kind of <laughs> put a little spoil in my mouth. But, you know, that was a, that was a great game. And we don't we don't get any football for a couple more weeks here, man. But I'm so excited about the upcoming season and uh, everything that's that's uh, gonna gonna unveil itself here in the next couple of weeks. So I appreciate you guys having me on again, man. And as always, go Tigers. That's right. Go Tigers, guys. And y'all know where to find the Blue Bloods, man. Y'all can find the podcast anywhere, YouTube, the Blue Bloods, or the Blue Bloods CFB podcast. Y'all know everything else, man. But for right now, guys, we are out. <laughs>